This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to the Danny Mac podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. So much to talk about and so little time to spend with you talking about the greatest game ever invented. Thanks for giving me some time today. I'm Dan McNeil. Uh, Adam Delavitt, baby Capone, makes this happen for us at Bet Rivers Podcast Network. Sounded Canadian there, didn't I? Dropping the article in the hospital for checkup at network uh and sam michael mr kansas city chiefs is uh the producer today and i've got stuff about next year that has got me more figuratively engorged than this weekend stuff just because i put a lot of thought into i didn't do much bears tuesday uh we got some bears for you in a little bit and it's optimistic it's not so much about the short-term the draft with the number one the ridiculous coffers that are full for free agents in this offseason, almost $118 million. And uh, thank goodness that uh, Equinemius St. Brown only got a buck and a quarter, $1.25 million out of the Bears because you can't have a training camp with him without him next year. You couldn't do that. So I'll get to some Bears stuff in just a little bit. But what has been a top mind for me more than anything lately, except for where my money's going this weekend, the best weekend of the NFL season, divisional play round is the best. You get Saturday, you get Sunday, and you eliminate the idea of having eight and nine teams hosting a playoff game and getting the shit kicked out of them like the Buccaneers did this past weekend, this past Monday night against Dallas, all due respect to Dak Prescott's best game possibly in his career, but Tampa sucked, and it was regularly sucked. And now everybody wants to talk about the future of the greatest quarterback in the game's history, Tom Brady. You're, you're going to get sick of this if you aren't already, but if you widen the focus just a little bit on the upcoming class of free agent quarterbacks, it's astounding. And it's, I counted of the 32 NFL teams. I went over them earlier in the week in my head and I'm, I, I'm like, there are 18 teams only because it's the most important position in sports. Only 18 teams are not in flux. Almost half of the league in flux over the quarterback position. And in some of the ones that I don't think are in flux, they're in stucks, like the Denver Broncos. See what I did there? The Broncos are stuck with Russell Wilson. He's getting paid too much money 
for them to consider another move. Throw in the fact they traded away their first round pick. You, you got no shot. Now there sits Seattle with a decision to make that's that's more fun than a lot of them because they're outstanding quarterback. And yes, I said that, and I feel confident about it going forward because Geno Smith is only 32 years old. To be 33 early in uh, next season, I think early October, he'll be 33. But they're going to keep him. So they're they're not in flux by any stretch. And the list of free agent quarterbacks, I I'm not saying this to sensationalize it and and talk. Oh man, you got to be here for all of these podcasts because there's never been a more interesting off season coming in NFL history. Maybe there hasn't been. And I remember how the NFL spared us a lot of sportslessness, if you will, during the early weeks and early couple months of the pandemic when sports stopped and there was no idea how baseball, which was first up given the coronavirus was became a national thing in March when teams are in training camp, there was no idea, no way of knowing when and how they would format uh, a very truncated season, and uh, what they decided was kind of hideous. I think everybody played. Didn't everybody make the post? No, that was hockey, where even a you know, a horseshit Blackhawks roster qualified and won a series, too. Remember that? They beat the Edmonton Oilers. What was it, a best of three? It's not worth talking about anymore, but off-seasons usually – are are nice side dishes for sports that are in season. When we had the pandemic, the NFL saved us by all kinds of news, including Brady going to the Buccaneers. It was an embarrassment of riches in terms of off-season news. And the the fear at the time, if you remember, was there's no way you can play football during this pandemic. There was so much yet to be learned on this. There was widespread fear and panic, and I participated in some of it. I'm not pointing fingers. I'm pointing the thumb as well. We overreacted largely, but we were being safe. I can't, I can't, you know, holler at a, a holler. I can't be pissed at a government, and this was big in Ontario, Canada as well when it's protecting its constituents, it's trying to help. I'm not going to pound them for that. And I don't want to get into the vaccines and all of that stuff because we got free agent quarterbacks to move. And uh, I'll go over that list and which teams might be in the best position to lure uh, the, the the best of this year's incoming class of quarterbacks who are free agent. But up top, I want to talk about new Bears president, Kevin Warren, who has inherited a fantastic situation. Uh, I, I feel good about Warren's direction, and his, his pedigree is perfect at this time for the Bears. He's a football man who also has business acumen. This is a sharp dude, 59 years old has spent time in two organizations, first with the Lions when Matt Millen was the general manager there. My buddy Matt Millen, remember the annual let me blow a first-rounder on a wide receiver who doesn't pan out, Matt Millen? He also worked with the Vikings. And while with the Vikings, 
he was largely involved in the erection, if you will, of U.S. Bank Stadium. And what the Vikings have in downtown Minneapolis is one of the NFL's better stadiums. That's a top five stadium. What does that matter to you as a Bears fan? It means when they finally cut the ribbon in Arlington Heights, it is going to be met with such such welcome arms. It, we haven't had a new building in Chicago since the United Center cut the ribbon in 94 for the 94-95 basketball and uh, hockey seasons. It's been that long. And what did we find out about the United Center? Yeah, there was some moaning at first. Oh, I will miss the intimacy of the stadium. 18,472 Blackhawks fans every game. You could write that in on the the summaries. Uh, The PR department would prepare in the press box. You could write in 18,472. They always claimed a full house. Now it's much larger than that. And there are tremendous sight lines. The club section at the United center is where I have spent so much time and prefer it there to, to seats in the lower bowl. You see a hockey game develop in those seats. And it's, it's still, I get, I get excited talking about how much I enjoyed that building. And when I go to the, I can't, well, last time I was there probably was the Elton John show I attended in 18 or 19, one of his many final tours. I'm so sick of the final tours of these rock bands that continue to make money and continue to play year after year. All right, so we're going to say goodbye. Last time we see you, Cleveland, until next year. We really need this building. This is this is not just a home for the Bears, and that's what makes it exciting. This is an entertainment venue. It is a circus. A carnival is coming to Arlington Heights, and that Bears property resides on four different municipal municipalities. It's it's going to be interesting to see how all of this winds up being funded, and it's going to be a political tug of war it already has been i'm sure behind the scenes but what warren was a part of and i'm not going to put it largely in his lap i think i might have overstated it a couple of minutes ago but u.s bank is awesome he's been through it inside it doesn't get any more modern than u.s bank without being as opulent and unnecessarily lavish Jerry World, which I have not been to. My wife Sherry's been there a time or two, and she's among those who tell me it is an absolute spectacle. U.S. Bank, not quite so gaudy, um, but architecturally magnificent. And uh, Dr. Bernstein went uh, went to architecture as a... Uh, as a topic yesterday, maybe it was Wednesday on his midday show on the score talking about how the building in Minneapolis was built and they used ancient Scandinavian techniques. And there's all kinds of things that very few people, even in the Scandinavian state would understand or have any awareness of, but I'm glad Dan pointed that out to me as I stood from across the parking lot by U.S. Bank Stadium in the spring of 2019. I I marveled at how cool it looked and how it, if you let your imagination 
get the best of you, take you away. It looks like a Viking ship. It's cool. And, and Warren having been through that makes this perfect timing. He's a football man, so he can get involved largely with GM Ryan Poles on upgrading the Bears roster. And it's a roster that continues to be, it needs to be scrubbed of the bacteria that have grown for the last 10 years. A rotten roster with the uh, fingerprints of Ryan Pace and Phil Emery all over it. Way more misses than hits on personnel. And it doesn't matter whether it was via draft or through free agency. The Bears have not had good talent for a long time. A few patchwork guys here and there helped. Khalil Mack was a patchwork guy. Had two good years with the Bears out of his four. Akeem Hicks was perhaps the best move they made in terms of free agents or trades in, in the last 10 years. That that son of a bitch brought it every time he, he suited up. But it's going to be an incredibly intriguing offseason for the Bears, for Matt Eberflus, for a second time through offensive coordinator Luke Getze. Remember when he was going to be in high demand when the Bears went on a little mini streak and scored 30 points actually a few weeks consecutively? And when was the last time in a Bears offseason there was a calm about the quarterback? Some overvalue Justin Fields. I'm not among them. I'm among those very disturbed by an offense that was the least productive passing offense in a pass-happy NFL. That should bother you. It should get under your skin, the Atlanta freaking Falcons, who finished 31st in passing. The Bears would have had to play two more games to catch Atlanta numbers, passing-wise. And their quarterback quit the team with four or five weeks left in the season. That's not a reason to be doing cartwheels over fields. There are moments when he's a video game and so damn exciting, you can't take your eyes off of him. Great athlete, he's tough but he ain't a polished passer yet. And I find it incredibly premature to call Justin Fields a franchise quarterback. He he hasn't earned that business card yet. Bears offseason full of intrigue. All of that money for free agents. And the buzzword for the next four months, what does Ryan Poles possess? Draft capital, baby. They got it, and I believe he'll do the right thing and move down in the draft for multiple picks. It is not my desire to go over all the potential moves. I got a lot of time to program. A lot of words are going to be devoted to what the Bears might do with that number one pick. Uh, potential trades. Hey, Devontae Adams can't, you know, can't remain in Vegas. Derek Carr was the reason he went there. They took Derek Carr away from him. Let's work a trade with the Raiders uh with the Raiders. That'd be nice. You'd be getting the best football player at his position. I believe that and I I believe it with conviction. Devontae Adams is 31. That's getting old by NFL standards. Maybe he'll play until he's 36 or 37 given good fortune with health. But he's on the downswing of a, even though he's, he's the most complete guy who plays wide receiver. 
Cooper Cup is an amazing football player, amazing athlete. He ain't at Devontae Adams level in my world. Who would I rather have? I'd rather have Adams. I'd rather have Adams than any receiver in football right now. And who's going to get him that football in Vegas? Is it going to be Jarrett Stidham, who, by the way, is an unrestricted free agent? I mean, there are peripherals here. There are free agents who, who like, are, are you know, stopgap guys. There are veterans who might provide a little leadership. And in a pinch, you can go with a, a guy like Jacoby Brissett. He did wonderful things for the Browns this past season while they were waiting for Mr. Massage Table, Deshaun Watson, to return from his suspension. Brissett held his own. No issues with Brissett. He's not the reason the Browns were as sucky as they were. But the big names are Lamar Jackson, Geno Smith, Tom Brady, you know, that Brady fellow, Daniel Jones, who the second half of this season has effing crushed it. I didn't know how good he was until this past Saturday. I've seen him play. I, I Bears looked bad against the Giants. Their offense dictated early and often. He looked very composed earlier in the year, but he his numbers got so good near the end, and he was he was amazing against the Vikings. Vikings defense laid down. I, I didn't find their performance this past weekend to be getting the best out of them. Their coach has done a nice job in his first year, but that team underachieved. Um, and you knew it was coming. You say they underachieved. They won 13 freaking games. I know that. And 11 one-score victories, 11 games decided by 11-0. and 0. That's never been done in the NFL before. But there's something Kirk Cousins doesn't possess, and that is getting his team advanced in the playoffs. He doesn't do it. Is it all on him? No, but it's largely on him. At some point, when your quarterback doesn't win you playoff games, Derek Carr, nine years of helmsmanship with the Raiders, and he he didn't win a playoff game either. you got to cut bait with these guys. Other free agents at the quarterback position, Baker Mayfield, <laughs> Rams would be kind of dumb to not keep him as an insurance policy for Stafford if they if Stafford wants to keep going. Mayfield kind of redeemed himself at the end of the season unexpectedly. I was kind of hoping he'd continue to piss his pants. I don't like Baker Mayfield. I think he's a jag off. Sam Darnold is a free agent, if you don't mind a quarterback who four years ago said he saw ghosts during a Monday night football broadcast. And the poor Jets cried about sideline access being abused. We got him on. We got him on video. You could hear it. He says, I'm seeing ghosts out there. Yeah, let the world know your quarterback is crapping his pants. Jets. Jimmy Garoppolo is a free agent. So is Taylor Heineke. If you want to get somebody who's only going to be Heineke. Uh, must have been being with Harry Tynowitz yesterday that caused that corny joke. <laughs> Cooper Rush, Mr. Unbeaten, filling in for Dak Prescott is up. You can get him if you want. You can get Tyler Hundley. You can get Gardner Minshew. Chase Daniel can wear a baseball cap on your sideline 
for 17 regular season games. The always a free agent Teddy Bridgewater is out there. It is an incredibly interesting offseason. And with what I call 14 teams absolutely needing to make a move, not all of them are going to get it done. I think all these guys I've mentioned are going to find work this coming year, but that doesn't mean 14 teams that need a quarterback are going to feel good about their chances going into a season. Some of these guys will wind up getting shorter-term contracts for pretty good money so they can be ideally the number two. Who's going to back up Geno Smith in Seattle? Pete Carroll says this week he's optimistic they're going to get that deal done. They should. His numbers this year were absurd. He passed for almost 4,300 yards. That's 500 yards better than the Bears' best passing season in franchise history. He had more touchdowns with 30. He completed almost 70% of his passes. Yes, I'm in love with Geno Smith, even though I'm relatively indifferent about the Seattle Seahawks. Um, Doesn't matter to me. But uh, I, I, I really, not hyperbole, this NFL, NFL offseason is going to rock. It already has because there's playoffs this weekend, and I'm talking about what might be when they go back to work next August. There's NFL news today. The league announced some of its schedule for games to be played on European soil. The Bills, the Titans, and the Jaguars. Boy, boy, surprise, Jacksonville is going back to London. Those are your three London teams. One game at Wembley Stadium, the other two in that that, well, that other stadium that's got a goofy-ass name, products we're not familiar with here in these United States. Uh, all of those teams designated the home teams for those games, Bills, Titans, and Jaguars. Opponents not announced yet. The Chiefs and Patriots have been announced as the Germany date home teams. They will play those games in Munich and in Frankfurt. Chiefs and Patriots going going to Germany. If you're a Bears fan, hope they're not one of the five opponents who will get a, a big face full of the Bills, Titans, Jaguars, Chiefs, and Patriots. Anybody who is not a front office employee, like somebody who's in sales, maybe marketing positions, people who'd like to go somewhere cool and it's a working vacation, anybody on the football operations side of European trips hates it because it is a colossal disruption. There are there are routines that guys get used to that are broken, and athletes are creatures of habit, and so are coaches. A ridiculously long flight, comparatively. You've got the, the the temptations of seeing a place most of them have never seen. Unless you're a Jaguar, you go every year. And you know what, though? Good for, good for the Brits. They finally get a, a look at what an NFL quarterback and a, and a good NFL coach look like this time around. Doug Peterson and uh, the long-haired peculiar looking to me, Trevor Lawrence. And why do I say that? I can't tell if he's really hot or if he's a caveman. I'm not sure which. Got a little horse face, doesn't he? You can't talk about things that people don't choose, Mac. I just did. I just did. No Mexico City this year for the NFL. Estadio Azteca will not be will not be renovated completely. They're not going to have the reconstruct done in time. So the NFL is a skip 
in Mexico City. Yeah, I've t- you know, back to the Ditka days and through the Wanstead era, all along the way, Bears players and coaches who've been honest about that experience, they say it's terrible. It is it is a recipe for disaster. If you don't get a buy, usually you get a buy the next week, but it throws you off. It's uh it's not good for continuity. I have a feeling the Kansas City Chiefs will survive the Germany trip. Man, I like them this weekend. I it's a big number, but it's Patrick Mahomes at home. It's maybe the best tight end in league history. Travis Kelsey, healthy and rested. It's the best defensive tackle maybe in pro football this year. Let me not say maybe. With Aaron Donald missing six games for the Rams, a much better year for Chris Jones, number 95. And 15 sacks, I think. 15 sacks as a DT is awesome. You appreciate guys like that. I like to watch the Chiefs' defense because of that, man. He's at the top of his game. He will have a precipitous decline in a year or two because that's what happens. Um, Other games this weekend I like, man, it is so tough for me to play the Bengals. As much as I have been inspired by the stripities, Silly-ass helmets they've been wearing since the Boomer Esiason years. They got three starters on the O-line not going to go. That's not good. I don't care how good Joe Burrow has been. And their offense sputtered for the first time in weeks, in a long time, this past week against the Ravens. It's a good defense. Ravens defense much better than it looked early in the year. The last month of the season, the Ravens' defense was pretty damn good. And it it showed against the Bengals, who are as balanced of a team as any team in the league, I think. I like their roster. I like their offensive players at the most important positions. Long-haired tight end. I forget his name because I rarely see his name. Uh, his nameplate is covered by his colossal quaff. So it's tough for me to, to remember his name. And you know the wide receivers, Jamar Chase, a quiet, good season. And there's there's more. They just got to protect Burrow. He spent too much time being rushed or on his back last weekend. So it's tough for me to take the Bengals. They're getting four and a half, I think is what I saw this morning. You know, people love to bet those favorites, and the Bills have a sentimental nation on their side. Bills Mafia have grown this year, and it is have grown. A lot of people make the mistake of using uh, the wrong verb there. Media are, not the media is. The media is always, no, no, no. Media are There's more than one person, more than one subsect of media. If you want to call it a subspecies of media, you got internet media, you got print media. Remember that. And you've got broadcast. You got all kinds of media are. I don't know why I got sidetracked on that because I'm a grammar dick. I always have been. It's a, it's a blessing and it's a curse. 
you say these things that are, you know, fundamentally solid. You've got good syntax. You don't split verbs and nobody effing notices, really. Very few can appreciate it when you say when he was at the podium. Actually, he's not at the podium. He's on it. He's at the lectern. America doesn't want to learn that. That's too bad for them. You don't, they don't know the joys they're missing. And if you've never watched, here's a real ham-handed segue. If you've never watched the NFL awards ceremony, you're missing out. It is going to be held on Thursday before the Super Bowl this year. That's February 9th. As Howard Stern once said, mark it on your calendar. That's when he botched that read. I haven't seen private parts in a while. Have to give that a spin. The NFL Awards will air on NBC, Peacock, and NFL Network. And I was extremely disgruntled. Have you ever been gruntled? I never have either. I dropped my notes. Sorry about that. I've never, that I remembered, been gruntled. But i it's the opposite of disgruntled. My kids used to say I made a face. They called duck lips whenever I met something with disdain or aggravation my guy is not hosting this year keegan michael key for the second time in his career hosted last year and he knocked it out of the park from start to finish even though he wasn't greeted by a very receptive audience i thought nfl types you know come on are your are your waters this shallow you didn't get the joke there and people he made fun in his opening number he sang a song it was something like we're back that was it we're back the dude can sing he can dance he's funny he's not bad looking he is he is a great great watch keegan michael key and i wonder why is this sob not doing the oscars he was tremendous in that capacity the perfect tour guide for a fun evening of NFL awards, of jokes, of celebrity presentations. When Paul Rudd gave Patrick Mahomes the MVP trophy a few years ago, it was awesome. Even though uh, the actor grew up in New Jersey, Rudd somehow wound up being a Chiefs fan. And to see him, get, that was cool. Those are cool moments. But no Keegan-Michael Key. I, I did go back and watch some of his work from last year's because it blew me away. I watched it this morning. You should check it out too. This dude is bright. He's got a he's 51, so he's not a baby, but he he still has a long way to go in terms of getting more getting more fans on his side. You know, the 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 key peel tandem has not been has not crossed the tipping point with baby boomers. I don't think a lot of people know just how talented he is. And I'm bummed. I've got duck lips face. The Keegan-Michael Key is not going to tell me who the defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa, is this year. See, I watched him last year because I had skin in the game. I had a propositional bet on T.J. Watt of the Steelers to be the depoy, And he was. I, I think I got it at plus two. 270 or somewhere in there. So a $100 bet became $270. That's good. That's fun. I didn't make any plays this year and I'm not going to. It's pretty much a given. It's Mahomes for the MVP. I, they might have even taken some of those off the board. They should. 
but they they haven't as of yet. You know, while while most of the world is on pins and needles, Western civilization, as we know, it hinges on the decision of Tom Brady. There's a defensive player who announced he's coming back, and that's Aaron Donald. Yeah, I, I loved this story. Aaron Donald replied to a tweet written by former teammate Chris Long. That was a tweet that said Donald will play in 23. And as a response, Aaron Donald, who will be 32 in March, tweeted, tell him, CeeLo. That's locker room for Chris Long. Tell him, CeeLo. If you have a J-Lo, do you need a CeeLo? I think Lowe should be one person. I don't I don't know if I want to call Chris Long CeeLo. I probably never called Jennifer Lopez J-Lo a day in my life either. And so this is what Donald tweets. Tell him, CeeLo, I never said I wasn't, wasn't playing. That's Aaron Donald's reply. His bio on Twitter until Wednesday read former NFL defensive tackle. Hi, social media. It's it's the mouthpiece for America's pop culture icons today. And if they are misquoted or taken out of context on their own bio, it's just something we'll all have to live with. Donald, by the way, missed time this year for the first time in his career. And, I mean, it was year after year. 16 games started, 16 games played, and then 17 games two years ago. This year, 11 games. He grinded through a knee injury he suffered in week five against the Seahawks, and then he hurt his ankle. He had a high ankle sprain in a game against the Chiefs in late November. So, Injuries, when they pile up on guys on the wrong side of 30, the production begins to dip. This is one of the best players in the game's history. Three Defensive Player of the Year awards. A fuff machine. You want to force a fumble? Call Aaron Donald, number 99. But is he going to be like the other? Hall of Fame bound 99, J.J. Watt? who had a decent year with the Cardinals this year, had a productive last month of the season, six sacks in his last four games. But when the injuries and surgeries piled up, J.J. Watt was not as agile. They didn't move him around positionally as much as they did when he was a spry Wisconsin Badger on his way to all of those accolades, 114 and a half career sacks. He's a first ballot Hall of Fame lock, and so is Donald. These are among the best defensive players in the game's history. Just so happens they play on the line of scrimmage, one inside, one out. You look at comparisons on profootballreference.com for Aaron Donald, you see the names Warren Sapp and Dan Hampton. Enough said. That is good company, and Donald probably exceeds them both. One of the best players. I'm, I'm, I'm always going to say Reggie White because of my firsthand experience field level at the Fog Bowl New Year's Eve of, of 88. You couldn't see the field from the press box. 
So Bears PR escorted home media to the west sideline of the old Soldier Field, and Eagles Eagles media went to the east sideline at uh, at their side of the field. And I stood at the pylon at the goal line with my former uh, the guy I worked for, Chet Kopic, who saved my career, scraped me off the street in 1988. Uh, I was broke. I needed a gig and he put all the faith in the world. I and mean, we stood at the pylon and had I wanted to, I could have been the first guy to give Neil Anderson, the former bears running back a high five when he scampered around the left end for a bears touchdown. I was at field level and I saw Reggie white ragdoll his, his counterparts on the bears offensive line. And I was starting to build some friendships among guys who were in their living as bears offensive linemen. Uh, none more important to me than center Jay Hilgenberg and guard Tom Thayer. They've been friends since, since, uh, they had Reggie doing nasty things to them, held their own on occasion, but I also saw him get tossed. Reggie pick up that left wing and just, he'd lean into you and lift and he would throw large mammals to the ground with his strength. He died real young. He, Reggie was in his early 40s, and, of course, the speculation and professional athletes have, have earned this. It wasn't just given to them. Is it unfair? Yeah, but athletes earn being suspicious of steroid use when an otherwise healthy man dies in his sleep. And it said sleep apnea. There had to be other health, health issues with Reggie White, but he's the best in my world. There wasn't a more dominant Defensive football player. It's got to be a guy who can rush the passer, right? When you're when you're giving that title, the greatest defender of all time. I guess you could pick Ronnie Lott, who made alligator arms out of a lot of wide receivers. The way he played, couldn't do it that way today. Guys like that, Chuck Cecil of the Packers, old Bear safety Doug Plank. They've been legislated out of professional football. You can't do what they did. And that's probably for the betterment, at least of the health of the players, not necessarily for our selfish entertainment. But you wonder if Donald is 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 next in terms of seeing that production drop. Again, 11 starts this year, a fraction of his production when he did play uh, and playing with those injuries. He did not have surgery. Um, if he had it, it's been kept quiet. Everything I've seen about Aaron Donald is no surgery on the ankle and he's not going to get the knee done and he wants to play. Never said I wasn't yet. He changed his Twitter bio. (laughs) Our athletes fun in this era. I want to say thanks for listening today. And if you will do me the courtesy of sharing your enjoyment of these podcasts with your friends, friends who might have been Mac heads once upon a time, always looking to pick up new subscribers. Pass the word if you can. It helps. It helps me. That's your way of giving back if you're a regular for a long time, and I appreciate your loyalty. A lot of listeners have remained true to me, even at times when I haven't deserved it in the last 10 years. I've let you down, but you're here today, and I appreciate that. You spread the word. That'd be a real good thing for me. Adam Delavitt is Baby Pacone. He is Mr. Baby who? Baby Pacone. How about Capone? Am I dyslexic today as I enter my 39th minute of this uh, podcast? Thank you, Adam, for being the Baby Capone. 
of Bet Rivers. And thanks to Sam Michael. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening to the Monday. Danny Mac Podcast a great on the Bet Rivers Good Network. Good luck at the window. Bye for now.